This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to the program. Ramya Muth and Kelly McDonald. We are the hosts of the program. Thank you for being with us wherever you're settled in listening to the show. And remember, we're here weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time and available to you as a podcast. Just simply subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. And uh, we'd appreciate while you're in there, maybe give us a rating and review. But remember, you can listen to the show in segment form or the complete Kelly and Company podcast experience. I'd like to bring on board to join Ramya and I here for a wonderful conversation that I think a lot of time people don't really stop to think about unless it definitely impacts you uh, very much so. And uh, really, quite frankly, this impacts people every day, all the time, all of us. Uh, Rhonda Solomon is a PhD student at the University of Toronto. Her dissertation asks where people can go to the bathroom when they're away from home. And she's found that ultimately ableist structure, including policies and institutions, have uh, produced landscapes out there, urban landscapes, that is, um, that disenable people with disabilities from that full inclusion in our societies. She's uh, organizing a panel discussion on public toilet um, provisions for people with disabilities to be held in January. And we appreciate that she's here to tell us a little bit about her research and the discoveries going on. Rhonda, I appreciate you joining us here on Kelly and Company. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, Rhonda, tell us a little bit about yourself and the research that you've, you've got in front of us here. Okay, so um, this research started um, sort of as a, as a vague idea several years ago um, when I wrote an undergraduate paper on uh, public toilet provision in Toronto um, and the history of, of uh, toilet provision in Toronto. And it really got me thinking about how, well, there really aren't very many public toilets in Toronto. And when it's uh, relating, relating to people with disabilities, there's even fewer that are actually accessible. So um, my research uh, sort of evolved over uh, throughout my undergrad and my master's and now my PhD, and I'm looking specifically at public toilet provision for people with disabilities, and I'm focusing on children, but really the um, research is for all ages um, because it's an issue that affects all ages um, and all people with all types of different disabilities. So. Um, yeah, I'm a third-year PhD student. I'm about to embark on my my research soon, as soon as I pass ethics review. And then, um, yeah, it's that's kind of where I'm I'm at. Okay, can um, can I ask before we carry on? Um, obviously, important topic. But is there any personal reason, any persons in your lives that, that that make you made you see this, or a situation that you knew of or read somewhere about? And I know I've heard about it in places like Europe, where uh, this has mm-hmm. become a discussion point um, for you. Uh, what was that inspiration to do this kind of specific work on this subject? So I. Um, I from chronic irritable bowel syndrome and I'm basically like every day it's like I need to make sure I'm near a washroom and um, it's not uh, uh, a, so I would say that there, all different disabilities require different accommodations and there's no accommodations that is going to be ideal for each type of disabled body 
But for me, it was just not so much the design of the washroom, but just the fact that I need them to be there. And um, I also am a neurodiverse individual, and um, I'm used, and I'm I've grown up knowing what it feels like to to be excluded from the environment and just um, not to feel like you're a part of society almost. Um, and that feeling of exclusion and of not being um, like everybody else really um, sort of made me realize like or made me want to change this particular problem like I can't give you a specific reason why you know (laughs) public toilet provision specifically it could have I guess gone in a different direction but this is somehow an an issue that just it means a lot to me yeah I think you said it quite well exactly (laughs) and and you're you're um angling it or you know bringing it to light, bringing this issue to light in a very specific way with your dissertation. So tell us about your dissertation a little bit and what your research has found uh, so far. Sure. Okay, so um, I'm in, I've just finished my research proposal. It was uh, approved, so I'm now a PhD candidate. Um, so it has not, I've not yet published anything. Um, in two years or so, I will have published my, my actual uh, dissertation. But in the meantime, um, some of the findings um well okay i'm uh were that um it's well it's definitely an historical problem so we're not this is a, the, the lack of public toilet provision in the city isn't a modern day problem um it started out of the the the, the uh, existence of public toilets in the city it started it actually as a very exclusionary endeavor to allow working class men to have access to restrooms in the city women were not even considered um, as almost people who needed to who would leave the house and have access to these need need access to these facilities so um the the sort of the mindset to even why there's public toilets in the city really came out of a very um sort of um sexist kind of um this endeavor um over the over the years it's um there's been a lot of a lot of pu- these pu- original public toilets have closed down um it's you know uh, reasons while they're not they're not being used properly they're very expensive to maintain um other such reasons and um now public toilets really are seen as kind of um objects that are very that's not going to be used properly or just going to be used for for un- um unacceptable kind of behavior and so there's just the having to provide them is seen as like such a a controversial issue because of how they're going to potentially be used um, which is why we have so few of public toilets in the city. Um, When it comes to design of public toilets it's almost even more critical in a way because the design well this sort of flows out of the the rest. Where do we need public toilets? And if the city has determined well, we don't really need them, or we need them only for a very specific population, then why pay attention to how these facilities are designed? And if you don't pay attention to how they're designed, they're ultimately going to end up being exclusionary, um, exclusionary. So uh, for many different bodies, um, and that's where we're kind of at today, where a history of just so much debate and so much angst over these facilities has led to a situation where not only do we not have enough public toilets, they're also very poorly designed. And sure, now we have um, rules, planning, uh, planning uh, rules that state that they have to, um, you know, for uh, disability uh, considerations, they have to be a certain size, a certain configuration. But again, this really is a very 
narrow-minded understanding of what a disabled body looks like, how a disabled body moves, and what it needs. And so even with these regulations, ultimately, uh, even accessible, in quotes, restrooms are not really, and not for so many different bodies. Um, so that's kind of um, a very general summary of what I found, but there are many more specificities that, um, that of course, um, I could discuss if there were uh, more time. Yeah, it's it's a, it's phenomenal because we know as disabled people, um, finding I know as a blind person, just finding a washroom, let alone thinking about the accessibility for people, you know, with 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 disabilities. So it creates the angst that you mentioned. So you don't go out, you don't go do things. You have to think your day out so much more. Inspiration to go do something just like that at the drop of a hat. No, no, hold on a sec. I have to know where and think about. So these are the things that obviously are, are not understood. We we heard more, yeah. and I'm kind of curious, since the pandemic, because so many people, places were shut, and the average person couldn't find a bathroom. People living on the street yeah. uh, couldn't find anywhere uh, to, to use. So it became more to the forefront. I'm wondering, with your work in the meanwhile, as to, has that eclipsed? The needs of the disability community has it changed or helped out the policies? Because I'm sure you've ran into some maddening policies when dealing with all of this. Absolutely. So it's very true what you said. Uh, the fact is that many disabled people never are seen by society. They stay at home um, and they don't leave the house because if you if we leave the, if you leave the house, where are you going to go if you have to go to the bathroom? And it's not, and it sounds almost maybe from for an outsider's perspective, it's very almost like a trivial issue, but it is very much not, um, because it actually it it it, it means you're not like a full citizen in society if you're not allowed to participate in the city the way everyone else is able to. And because of the pandemic, it has brought this issue of public toilet provision more into the light. So more people are now all of a sudden saying, oh. I can't really leave the house because if I do, like, well, the restaurants are shut and I can't take for granted that I can just go into, let's say, a McDonald's even and, you know, buy something and, or not even and just use the restroom because now the, the restrooms and like McDonald's and Starbucks and et cetera are now locked. So now suddenly more people are like, oh, wait a minute. Everything we've taken for granted, this access we've taken for granted is no longer available. And, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know. This is what people who have disabilities are experiencing. This inability to not only not be able to leave home at will, but if you do leave home, the anxiety about where are you going to go to the washroom? Mm -hmm. And and some people, um, it's not only a matter of finding the restroom, but if the restroom is not accessible, well, you know, their caretaker may not, you know, it's in, then they sometimes end up having to be changed on the floor or if it's a child, sometimes in the back of a vehicle. And suddenly it's like, oh, you know, we've taken for granted this facility, this amenity that has, you know, seemingly been, well, you know, everywhere. We can just go into a cafe and use whatever, but that's not true now. And um, the pandemic really made it clear that not everybody is actually able to just take for granted to be able to go out and, and um, you know, and enjoy the, enjoy the day um, in, and, and just kind of um, in, at leisure. Um, and, um, there are so many bodies that, you know, don't get to, don't get to, um, experience that. And I think the pandemic has made that much more clear as opposed, in, in terms of policy, there really hasn't been yet that change in policy. That is a huge 
that's, I guess, where ultimately this, my research kind of hits, it hits this sort of like wall almost of like, how do you actually now start to change policy, um, planning policy, building code, um, because that's sort of the final frontier of, okay, maybe now the pandemic has made it more clear that, you know, there's actually a problem in the city that we don't have enough public restrooms or definitely not accessible, accessible public restrooms. But now how do you actually make things change? How do you change the situation? And that's what hopefully my research hopefully will look at and hopefully will start to, you know, um, make a difference regarding um, the yeah, policy. Well, you've pointed out so many incredible points. Um, and I wondered if we can just really quickly, before we have to let you go, talk about the focus yeah. of children and the unique challenges yeah. that face them when it comes to public um, uh, washroom use. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, originally, I was going to focus my master's uh, work focused on um, all all disabled bodies, but all like adults and children. And then I kind of was realizing that you know what, um, there's a gap in research, and this gap is that it's a very it looks mostly at adult kind of perspectives, and children's voices are really very much not heard. Um, and there's actually that that's a huge that's a huge um, absence in, in academic work um, because children's children's experiences in a way are are kind of unique in that situation because they're often they're often the ones um having their bodies some things being done to their bodies and um in the case of restroom it's usually they're having to be put on restroom floors to be changed there's not enough uh public to- uh, accessible public toilets in their schools there's not enough um you know when the families want to leave for the day children you know they may have to go only for an hour or two or children are um, before the, you know or, or children yeah. are being changed in the back of the vehicles and that really comes down to like children disabilities face so much social exclusion because of that and their entire development is stunted in a way because of that they're not exposed to the same opportunities right. as children without disabilities because of the lack of public toilets and so there's this huge like you know it's a huge um gap in in in, in civic um infrastructure that um really affects children specifically because of um it affects just their entire development yeah. um and that's not necessarily something that's understood um, very Rhonda, well. So hopefully, yes. <laughs> we, we have to run. Uh, can you quickly tell us so people can go and check out the uh, panel where to go quickly? Sure. So it's going to be January 24th at 10 a.m. It's going to be online by a webinar. It's also going to be um, in person at the U of T. The location that U of T hasn't yet been decided, but um, um, the webinar will um, be available to everyone. And as the date approaches, um, a link, a Zoom link will be provided. Um, at this time, I don't have that yet, but um, if um, people uh, follow me, they could find information. All right, Ron, thank you. Sorry to cut you short on here. What an incredible topic. Thank you for sharing with us and bringing us kind of up to speed. Uh, that was Rhonda Solomon, PhD student at the University of uh, Toronto, whose research uh, uh, focuses on public toilet provisions for people with disabilities. We'll be right back with our book club. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. 
Find Song of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.